Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flyworld Nation community, go to flyworldnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. biggest things that business owners should do, but they're not. It's actually taking the time and reflecting and then prioritizing the next day. Hmm. That's what I call a wrap. Reflect, assess, and prioritize. Realizing I got so much done today and I feel great. There's one coaching call I have after those two hours, I am brain dead. And if I didn't know that, maybe I would start saying, oh, this day was terrible. But what was happening was I was stacking my day with more important, hard things right after the call. Then ending the call and being exhausted that day and not realizing why. So it's really understanding what the data is. Reflection is a key. You'll start seeing patterns. And the great thing about this is when you do it with a group, somebody else will actually be like, hey, remember this? Because sometimes like these crazy achievements we have as entrepreneurs, we look at the gap, like what's missing? Like, oh yeah, I just achieved that. Now what's next? When you have other people reminding you of what you overcame and what you succeeded, you're like, yeah, this problem is not that bad compared to that one. So all of those things, it's super important. And reflection is a key on that. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. I'm really excited to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest today, Tanya Alvarez. Tanya grew her first company, Blink Ads, to over 1 million within the first year at the age of just 25. But she found herself overwhelmed and stressed as a young, female and minority entrepreneur. She realized the lack of resources and support available for entrepreneurs was a barrier and decided to apply the training and support system from her marathon running days to the business world. She created a team-based program that uses qualitative and quantitative data to identify blind spots and drive growth for entrepreneurs, allowing them to achieve their goals faster and with less weight on their shoulders. Let's hear from our sponsor, Flywheel Nation. Are you a high achiever looking for that elusive next step in business? Unleash your full potential with Flywheel Nation. In Flywheel Nation, you get to engage with our exclusive community of high-impact achievers. You get access to special resources and you get to grow your professional network. Watch your growth take a steep turn as you discover innovative insights and build formidable connections. Take action now. Don't let this chance pass. Visit innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel to join. From turning a startup into a million dollar success 
to championing diversity in entrepreneurship, Tanya shares her insights on building supportive communities, harnessing data for growth, and finding motivation in unexpected places. The three key points we covered in our conversation are harnessing the power of support and data together to improve performance, just like endurance athletes do, the motivational magic of accountability that can push us beyond our limits to new heights, the RAP method, reflect, assess, prioritize, to unlock our true potential and achieve more by working less. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Tanya Alvarez. Hi, I'm your host Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz and I'm really excited to welcome today to the InnovaBuzz podcast all the way from New York in the USA, Tanya Alvarez, who's the founder of Owners Up, a platform for owners to team up and scale faster. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Tanya. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. Ah, thank you for having me. Now, David Schreiner-Khan, who was our guest on episode 276 of the Innova Buzz podcast, he introduced us and suggested we have a conversation. So a big hello to David. Hello. <laughs> now, Tanya, you started your first company when you were still very young. You're still very young now, of course. <laughs> but you started your first company at age 25, Blink Ads, and you sold that in... 2012. After that, you then founded Bootstrap, sold and invested companies over the course of your career. And currently, you're on a mission to improve the success rate of small businesses. So I'm really keen to dig into all of that with you today. But before we dig into all those topics, tell me, what's the impact you're making in the world today? Impact is really helping people die with memories instead of dying with dreams. I love that. Die with memories instead of dying with dreams. So take action, in other words. Mm -hmm. And not have it one day, someday. So really helping people move forward and achieve those goals that they didn't see feasible or those projects or side projects that they never thought. So a little encouragement, a little group, and you're on your ways. Excellent. So I'm guessing that's kind of the the philosophy behind Owners Up. So tell us a little bit more about how that got started and, and what exactly it is. So my first company, like you said, was Blink Ads. I started it at 25. I grew it over 1 million within the first year. From the outside, it's kind of like a duck. You know, a duck looks very calm in the water, <laughs> yeah. but under it's like... Yeah. So here I was, I I didn't have anybody like my age, you know, it was back in the day when like, I don't like it wasn't even Facebook was around at that time, I don't believe. So there wasn't many resources out there. It's like I'm going to age myself. It's like MySpace was around and there was not, and still is unfortunately, not that many women who are actually making over 1 million. It's like less than I think 6%. And then if you even go with my ethnicity, it's even smaller than that, right? So here I was trying to figure it all out because that's what I thought you had to do as a business owner. You had to be confident and a leader and just figure it all out. 
And so when I did hit that 1 million within the first year, I was really stressed and overwhelmed. I got everything, I, you know, the productivity systems, but there's so many questions that I couldn't figure out. And here I was um, now kind of like, they always say that when you when you move forward after I sold my company and everything, and I'm on, I'm, I'm running, I'm thinking my next project. And I was like, wow, I really wish like I had a team of people. And this is interesting because throughout like high school, I was a collegiate runner, I was varsity co-captain of teams. And here I was running another marathon. I was running the Boston Marathon. And I would still join a team of people to get a coach, get a train, get others, even though I know exactly what to do because I've done it for so many years on a certain level. And the reason is, is because like, Everything in a marathon, you're excited. In the beginning, everything is going. But guess what? Right in the middle, it's hard. It starts getting difficult to training. You have to start doing the long like runs, and you start doubting yourself. But when you have other people, you can start seeing all that and like getting a like motivated, keeping the momentum going. And then you have a coach that's saying, like, oh, you know, you haven't been sleeping so well, or maybe you're eating this, or you got to do this interval. And it's all these blind spots that you mm. don't even see because you're so focused. And I was like, why don't freaking entrepreneurs have this? And sure, there's groups and stuff, but they don't take it from the qualitative and quantitative data. So what I mean by that is like any endurance athlete, um, you know, there's Strava now where you write down actually like how you felt that day, what you ate, whatever information you have. And then you take that data and you start understanding, you're like, oh man, every time I like run or ride around this time, it's actually some of my like terrible like times and then you start realizing oh it's probably because you just finished eating or it's the time of the day or the weather but you have all this data and once you share it with other people people can help you see those blind spots too so if you have other team people who are going the same goal as you like maybe it's completing a marathon in this case business owners it's like having a profitable business right then it's able you can grow faster and not have all that weight on your shoulders so in a yeah. nutshell, I just created what I've done for many years, and I wish I had. And I took like what people have done in sports and took it to the entrepreneurial world. Yeah, yeah, I love that metaphor of the sports, and it's it's interesting because I know I'm getting back into bike riding seriously now, and and I found that um, well during the pandemic, I kind of relaxed and the key thing was there um, with lockdowns and so on we were limited to where we could ride and who we could ride with and it ultimately there were times when basically you could only ride with somebody who was in your household and because my wife isn't a bike rider that meant i was riding alone and so it was one of those situations where uh it's a bit cold today or the wind's a bit up today i, I think i'll just leave it and so my fitness just dropped off. And now getting back into it, I realized that the discipline of getting up at a certain time, meeting the other riders at a certain time, and then going out is kind of what a key part of what helps me going. I mean, I really love going out riding. I really love doing it. But the moment there's something like, oh, I feel a bit tired today. I think I'll just skip today. It, it's that almost accountability um, and also you mentioned the encouragement and so on that goes with all that, that, that keeps me going. So why do you think 
and I know I, I tend to try to figure stuff out on my own in business. Why do you think it is that we have this tendency in business, on the one hand, to try to do it ourselves, whereas on the other hand, in our personal lives, in sports, or you know, there are other examples like that, uh, everybody probably realises that it's better to do things together and have a, a support group around you. Actually, I feel like most people don't have a support group. And there was a study, I just heard it on the news the other day, it was like on an NPR, where it says that more and more people don't have people to share what their issues are. So, and like, unless, like, let's, let's say you're in cycling and you didn't have another friend who cycles, you'd be cycling by yourself. Hmm. Right? And so more and more people are having that. But as an entrepreneur, you just figure out you're the only one dealing with that. And the first thing I've noticed is, like, when someone joins Owners Up and they hear that somebody else is having a similar challenge, it's almost a sign of relief. And then the great thing is actually seeing another member, seeing that they went through this challenge and like literally a month later, they like overachieved it, like they achieved it and now they're past it. It reminds them that this is just, it feels like it's a real big dip, but it's not. It's just a small little dip and you're going to go right back up. But when you're by yourself, you're just like, I don't know. Like you come up with mm. all this like, noise in your head like even now um so i had two babies in uh in how many years it was like 22 months apart and they're both c-sections and fitness is my happy place this is how i release stress everything right now i was having a little trouble getting back into my workout similar to you and i was like oh no so i know what to do but now my emotions and feelings are getting in the way so i immediately just like my husband, who's a cyclist, was like, come with me to gym. So I was like, all right. So he got me going. Then I remembered how how awesome I feel, how my mind is cleared. And then the second thing I did was I signed up for like classes and it had to be a small, intimate class. So when I didn't show up, people were like, oh, what happened to you? And now I'm back into my fitness track. But hmm. I will say before like um, I noticed what I was doing, um, I had the apps. I was like, oh, I'll work out myself. Yeah, you know what? I had a lot of excuses in my head and I had all these like information. I paid for annual stuff and I still wasn't doing it. So mm. I could have suffered and forced myself and then it could have been like, oh, another day you didn't work out or like, oh, my goal is only to have two weeks or I can actually grow with other people and do it. So that's what I've learned. And I think that more and more people are reaching out and doing this, you know, mm. or they're not even realizing that with other people, you actually will go farther. So for example, like, have you ever done squats? And then like, after it starts burning, you're like, oh, I'm done. But when you do it with other yeah, people, yeah. you're like, oh, okay, yeah. I think I could do 10 more. I'm with them. Yeah. So it's when you do it with other people, you go farther. So yeah. why do anything alone? Yeah, it's like uh, my Pilates class that I'm doing at the moment. And, and the trainer will um, say, if you want to challenge yourself, then do this, add, add the weights or add an extra spring or whatever she might issue as a challenge. And of course, the natural tendency is, oh, no, I think I'm good with this. And then you look yeah. around and you see <laughs> see the people around you using the weights or something like that and say, uh, oh, okay, I better do the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, I can do yeah. the weights now yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Or holding that plank. Like, mm. oh, we're just going to do 50 seconds longer and you're just like what <laughs> and then you see everyone else you're like okay i could do it and you hold that plank yeah 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 um one of the things i really like about 
your use of the sports metaphor is that you a lot of people bring in the sports metaphor and they quote somebody like was it um i can't remember who said um michael jordan i think said this that you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take and so they quote somebody famous like this and and of course that's quite insightful however somebody like me can't really relate to michael jordan because First of all, I've hardly ever played basketball. Secondly, um, regardless of whether it's basketball or whether it's soccer or cycling, which I did play, I was never really in, in the league of somebody like a Michael Jordan or even you know a B-class Michael Jordan or anything. So it's kind of like there's this disconnect. People don't feel that emotional connection to that, whereas what you do is talk about your own sporting achievements, even though they sound like a pretty pretty amazing however you relate it to everyday people so whatever sports people do and relate that um, to them so to talk to me a little bit about how that is different to quoting famous sports people or telling a story about somebody that kind of had a tough upbringing and then ended up being a, a sports star and very successful yeah, it's actually interesting because, like, I wonder since you're an endurance athlete, you get it. But I wonder if people who are not endurance athletes, do they understand it? But I think the biggest thing is, like, everyone has always tried to go on a run, right? So it's kind of like um, in business, people say, oh, what's your revenue goal? Figure out your, your key performance indicator, right? Like the KPIs. But sometimes it's a data that people don't even think of. So, for example, in my fitness journey, if I was just looking at my scale, I would have quit. It wouldn't. It's not moving. But what people don't realize is I realize I know I'm getting stronger because of the weights. I realize that muscle weighs more than fat, so I'm getting all my muscle back. Hmm. And then I know that it it has a certain point where you just drop, right? Um, If you're consistent with your diet, there's a lot of other stuff. But most people, when they go for that run, they're like, they don't realize, oh, are you running farther? Are you running faster? They're just thinking, mm-hmm. oh, am I losing weight? The people who decide to go on it, most, I would say, majority start running because maybe they want to lose weight. They haven't gone into the sport aspect of it. So I think that's where it's relatable because everyone has gone for a run or for a bike ride and maybe quit because that metric that they were looking for wasn't um, good going, reaching as fast as they wanted. But they didn't realize that, no, there's other metrics that are super important that they should yeah. be looking at. Yeah, that's a really good point. And as, as you were explaining that, I thought one of the metrics that I'm certainly paying a lot more attention to now in, in getting back into my bike riding journey is an intangible metric. And it's basically how I'm feeling. So you mentioned yeah. earlier, after you work out, you feel so much better. You feel mental clarity. Um, you feel good in your body. Um, so I'm, I'm noticing that a lot more when I've had a, a good bike ride or a good workout in the gym. On top of that, I'm also seeing I'm going a little bit faster on the bike or I'm pushing harder weights or bigger springs on Pilates. And I'm, I'm realizing I can do this. This feels easier than, than what it felt like last time, even though I'm, pushing harder or going faster or pressing bigger weights. Uh, so 
can we translate that somehow into business? Some of those intangible things that perhaps we ignore, how can we sort of become more aware of those? Because they're clearly things that um, are indicators of progress for my fitness journey. Yeah, it's actually, it's a great question. It's one that, um, one of the biggest things that people, business owners should do, but they're not because it's one more thing or like they don't have time. It's really actually taking the time and reflecting and then prioritizing the next day. Hmm. So it's literally what I call a wrap. So wrap is reflect, assess, and prioritize. And one of those things is like kind of realizing like, yeah, I, I got so much done today and I feel great or wow, like there's this one coaching call I have and it's one of my coaches and like, after two, he's great he's amazing but after those two hours i am brain dead you know and if i didn't know that maybe i would start saying oh this day was terrible but what was happening was i was stacking my day with more important hard things right after the call yeah yeah you know and then like ending the call and then being exhausted that day and not realizing why so it's kind of really understanding like what the data is and also like um two weeks ago like some mornings you know Everyone doesn't like wake up happy and like, woohoo, I'm gonna tackle a day, right? Like you gotta know your hacks. And so I was kind of feeling like, I, there was like this like feeling, I don't know if it was an inner critic or whatever it was. And then I went to go work out and everything felt better. Like I was just like motivated, clear and everything. So you are right, those are the stats that you need. And if business owners actually figure it out, like, and they reflect and they said, ah, oh, this task, I really feel excited. This is when I'm more energized. They would set up their day that way. And one of the biggest things that entrepreneurs deal with is time management and focus. Those two things. And in this world of like constant distractions, email, people pinging you, you feeling like a firefighter and you realize like you're kind of annoyed you're a firefighter in a sense in your business, but it also kind of makes you feel cool that like you can solve all these things. Yeah, so then yeah. like I've had entrepreneurs where they're working crazy hours, they're the firefighter then, they start building a team and then they realize, oh, wow, my team can run with, like the company can run without me. Now, now they're like, what do I do? I'm like, well, now you get to work on your business and strategize, but it's more of an ego scenario. So all that being said, reflection is a key. You'll start seeing patterns. And the great thing about this is when you do it with a group, somebody else will actually be mm -hmm. like, um, hey, Remember this, this is a day, because sometimes like these crazy achievements we have as entrepreneurs, we look at the gap, like what's missing? Like, oh yeah, I just achieved that. Now what's next? But when you have other people reminding you of what you overcame and what you succeeded, you're like, yeah, that was. Yeah, this problem is not that bad compared to that one. So all of those things, it's super important. And reflection is a key on that. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's, um, I love that, the idea of reflection. And certainly the example I gave of, some of the things that I'm noticing now that that certainly does happen in reflection. And I like that you pointed out because I was going to ask, how does community help with that? So I like that you pointed out other people will often see things that you ignore and particularly those positive things, those achievements, because we tend to, when we do the reflection, the danger is, right, we sort of say, oh, I wasn't as fast on that ride as I was last week. Um, Whereas if I look at, um, if I sort of assess how I feel, well, I feel really as though that was so great of now, right? a walk in the park, whereas last week I was exhausted at the end, right? So that's, um, 
we we tend to focus and it's the same in business we tend to focus on what that didn't work too well rather than well actually you know here's here's some really great outcomes that we've achieved from this project um, we go straight to the what didn't work well whereas uh, the community can kind of turn that around and say well wait a minute before you sort of jump on these things that that perhaps next time you can do better think of all these things that were wonderful achievements super important too and it's it's fascinating we had um we have one entrepreneur that he was working 50 plus hours and i was like hey like in the next 90 days what do you want to achieve and he's like uh I don't know. And he goes, I am so burnt out, like time, I can't even get everything done. And I was like, do you want to increase your revenue? He goes, I can't even handle more clients. I was like, all right. So if you were working 30 hours a week, would that work? And he's like, no, that's a dream. It almost seemed impossible to him because hmm. he was always looking at all the stuff that's not working. Right. And now he's actually taking a day off, like hours, like he has a whole team, everything. And guess what? He's still finding things. So I have him doing an exercise where I'm like, okay, you got to report to me every single day, one positive thing. Hmm. And the interesting about that is like, when you have that accountability of somebody else, you're actually going to do it. And second, it gets your brain to start thinking and looking for opportunities. It's kind of like if I told you, hey, there's not that many orange cars around. Yeah. Now you're going to see orange cars everywhere. So what we're trying to do is not have you not look at all the negative, but actually look at all the positive opportunities. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. And my business coach, um, when she was still running her breakfast series, so we'd, we'd, it sounds a little bit like the owners up philosophy. So she'd have um, a group get together for breakfast once a month um, to kind of work together on our businesses. And the first thing she'd do is, okay, what was awesome this week? So it was, and, and nobody was let off the hook. So often people would turn up and say, well, you know, it was a pretty tough month. Or what was awesome this month? You know, so it was, oh, it was a pretty tough month. So nothing really. And she wouldn't let them off the yeah. hook. She sort of insists, no, there was something awesome that happened. And what was it? Tell us and tell us why it was awesome. Tell us about it. Uh, so it's exactly like you said. It's, got people in the mindset of uh, actually recognizing that and knowing at some point, okay, that's the first question I have to answer when we, we go to that breakfast. So I better so keep like my eye out. So sure you have yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So how does Owners Up work then? Is it, is it small groups that get together regularly? So we put entrepreneurs in groups of five based on what the level of their business is and then their level of their skills. So let's say we had one person who was running an outsourced CFO company, right? And so her strength was finance. So we made sure somebody in marketing, their strength was marketing, another one was in sales, and we try to have it that way. Hmm. We have five people in the group and we meet weekly. Okay. So it's almost like a, a board of advisors for the business. Mm -hmm. hmm. Some people say mastermind. Some people say board of advisors. I almost still want to say sports team, but I understand. Not everyone's going to do that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. board of advisors. Because <laughs> it is true, board of advisors, you do have to report hmm. your findings, right? Yeah, but it's kind of a, a mutual board of advisors. So um, I might be there as 
call it an advisor to the other four members, but they're also advising me. So I'm also in the role of, hey, I've got this issue or I need some input or I'm looking for some information. Can you help me? So it's kind of a symbiotic relationship, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. And my goal is for not only to for them to problem solve, but really to achieve more and work less. Hmm. I'm in this like anti-hustle culture, and I feel like I have to actually get over it. Where you know those stats where it's like, what do you mean? Like I don't have to work hard to achieve something. I don't know any other way. And, and it's like that's the only thing I knew. So of course I continue doing that. When I, and people told me other there's other ways to go about it. And I was like, ah, there's two interesting ways I found. One is figure out your energy. Second, always have a group of people. Those are the two. And when I say energy, it's more of like um, figuring out, like, based on your data, like, when is the best time for you to work? What are the tasks that you like? What energizes it? What you don't? And then one big thing on the energy is sometimes, you know, all my achievements before, I pushed through stuff even when I was like tired. And sometimes you do that, like in sports, you have to do it, but sometimes in the mind, you have to almost give it a break, go on a walk and so counterintuitive, like, oh yeah, go on a walk or do something else. But you end up solving that in minutes or like some people are super relaxed in the shower, right? And all of a sudden you have all these ideas in the shower, it's because you're finally relaxed. So if you actually take the time and relax, you'll achieve something faster and solve something faster, crazy. Or the second way is by a group. So those are two ways to kind of hack your way to success in a, in a smarter way instead of like working harder. Hmm. Yeah, I, I love the taking the pause one and, and the fact that it's counterintuitive because it, it actually does work. And, and particularly, I mean, it essentially allows a little bit of that reflection to happen that you were talking about earlier, right? And and then often something bubbles up from the unconscious that says, well, there's the answer to that question. And in the group, of course, you've got other people that ask you perhaps a really insightful question or make a, a connection that you don't see and then it's, oh, there's the answer. Yeah, hmm. it's crazy how that works out. And the other thing and I... The other thing I love about those groups, sorry, um, is when somebody presents a problem or an issue or asks for advice and I find myself in that group then saying, oh, I can can comment on that or I can give you some advice on that or "Here's, here's how I would approach this problem and then... I often reflect back and think, well, you know, I, I'm actually not doing that. I know that's the answer, but I'm actually not doing that myself. So, so there's an element of uh, learning from advising others, and and that uh, I should take my own medicine here as well because that'll help me. Or yeah, or sometimes you're so similar, you're so close to your business that it's not obvious. But then when you're able to focus on somebody else's, you're like, oh wait. Yeah. I can actually do that and do the same marketing or whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, great. All right. Well, uh, I'm certainly um, owners up sounds like a really fascinating concept. And I love the idea of the sports metaphor because I think 
most people would understand that in some sense. And as you sort of pointed out, probably the vast majority of us have from time to time said, well, I need to lose a little bit of weight. I'm putting on a little bit of fat around the midriff. And and so they might take up running or they might do some other sports. And so that, that metaphor is certainly uh, relatable for most people. And I hope they get some value out of that. And I also realize that I'm an external thinker. Mm. So what that means is like, I have a problem, I'll think of a solution, and then I'll talk to somebody else really quickly and bounce ideas off of, and boom, I'll get it solved quicker than if it, I had to do it on my own and just kind of like focus on it. And I think a lot of people are external thinkers. They don't, just don't even realize it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's a, a fascinating one because I'm quite an introvert but not from the point of view of I won't talk to other people. Obviously, here I am on a podcast speaking to other people all around the world. However, it costs me a lot of energy to, and and there's some internal resistance for me to speak to other people. The, the re most relaxed state I have is if I'm completely on my own, shut away in my corner with a book to read or music to listen to or something like that. So very inwardly focused. And yet... If I speak to somebody the way you've just mentioned and, and talk about ideas I have or so on, that generally will spark a whole lot of new ideas or, or if it's a problem that often, even if the other person doesn't have the answer, simply by having that conversation all of a sudden, oh, I know what to do. Absolutely, right? And hmm. you as an introvert... You would think like, oh, if I just had it, I could figure it out all myself. But it's just that conversation, even just like expressing what the problem is, you start realizing, oh, I, maybe I could say this or is this really the problem, right? Hmm. So you start thinking about it. And that was huge for me. Hmm. Wonderful. All right. Well, we could go on talking about talking ages about um, this whole idea of how do we get our ideas out of our head and how do we work with other people and how do we build this team around us and community? Uh, I'm very passionate about community. I think it's a good point now, though, to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round. It's the same five questions I ask of every guest. And the idea is you give some insightful answers that will inspire the listener to do some action today as a result, whether it's uh, to reflect on something or actually take action and put something into place. All right. So I have the questions ahead of time. So this is going to be yep. right off the fly. All right. That's let's fine. hear it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> What's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Um, surround themselves with people who are completely different from themselves and really do something that they're uncomfortable so they can learn again. I think as we age or we or we start learning something, we're scared to be beginners again and become curious again. Hmm. So I remember um, somebody challenged me and they said, why don't you go into art? And I was like, and paint. I was like, uh, they were like, everything you do has some sort of like ranking or winning. And I was like, in art, you can't really win. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> so I started taking classes and I learned something totally new and learned completely surround myself with different people. And that was just a win. So I think Getting mm. yourself out of your comfort zone and being curious. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And I noticed there's a an artwork behind you. Is that one of I yours? I did not do that. I wish. 
<laughs> I, mine were still like, uh, it made me humble. Mine were still like stick figures. Yeah, yeah. And it was a beginner's class. And when I looked to the right, these people who thought they were beginners were not. They were like artists. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the most humble experience ever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, um, I, I struggle. Like my stick figures <laughs> don't even look like stick figures. So, yeah, I struggle <laughs> with that. So I can relate. Uh, but it's interesting learning something new. Um, often, if people are so far out of their comfort zone and, and learning something new, they take the wrong, they have the wrong attitude and they say, oh, I can't do this and I give up. Whereas I, I keep telling people when I'm talking to them and they're in that mindset, I say, if you're finding it frustrating, it means you're learning you, uh, yeah. and you're you're getting to this place of unconscious in uh, conscious from unconscious incompetence like you don't know what you didn't know to conscious incompetence you know what you don't know you've that's the first big step in learning something and there's a progression and at some point if you're really committed to it you'll become an expert but you're at the first step so embrace it and it's the best one it's that's when you can start seeing problems where somebody who's done it so many times doesn't see like oh this could be actually you can innovate this. This hmm. could be a different way of going about it. But yeah, and another one on a same thing, but a little tangent is um, I met my husband on a dating app. And I so I created an accountability group around it. So people <laughs> who were in relationships, and so they would have to swipe for me. And I already told them, like, you know, my typical, like, my what I wanted, what's going on. But they picked what they thought would be a great marriage. And so my promise was that I would, um, anybody who swiped and they said they want to go on a date, I would go on three dates and I would report back something positive or something I learned. So going back to what you're saying, most of us, and when you start dating, you start being like figuring out what's like wrong with a person, right? If you don't mm. catch it, you're just looking for that one thing, like that red flag. And you're, <laughs> all you're doing is analyzing it. But when you're actually looking for something positive, you start seeing the person different. You start becoming curious about them. Mm. So that's, yeah. <laughs> that's how I met my husband. Uh, wonderful. Okay. Well, I wasn't expecting that uh, that story. So <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. But again, it's it's the power of thinking positive um, because not everything's perfect. Well, nothing's perfect, is yeah. it? So looking for the positives helps us actually see those around us rather than ignore the positive things and focus doing so much business on as the usual, negative. right? Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? I just kind of told you, I always form a group around me. Yeah, so yeah. anything, I take on a new challenge. I literally find people who will help me stay accountable, will help me avoid my default, and will help me think of things differently. And like kind of being my, my cheerleaders, like my hype people. Mm. Yeah, love And it. that's how I go. So I'll challenge myself every year. So right now... um I'm hoping to do a century ride. It just depends on the schedule. I haven't fully committed a date, but then I'll start getting other people to join with me and then I'll start training. Hmm. Excellent. All right. Well, we could actually do that virtually through Strava. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. What's the uh, number one resource that you use most often? That's a good one. Um, Recently, I gotta say it's uh, ChatGPT. It's <laughs> hilarious because 
So I am dyslexic. I didn't know that until after college. I just thought like, oh man, I just got to work harder, right? So it's crazy. Here I am going to, you know, Wellesley College and like, I had no clue that I was dyslexic. I just thought I I had to work harder. That's what it was. So Mm. that's a whole mentality of working harder. And so for me, it's easier for me to kind of talk things out. And then now I have to talk it, transcribe it, put it into chat GPT, and then I'm able to work with something. So I'm not with a blank slate. Cause like I used to just like be like, oh, I don't know if I'm ever going to be a writer. I don't know how many reps I have to do, you know? So that's been really helping me out. This resource. Mm. You definitely have to play with the prompts. Like you can't just oh, take yeah. what it is. Absolutely. You, yeah. Tons of prompts. Oh, I know I'm, a lot of people are against it, but I yeah. wouldn't use the final output. It's more about editing it, playing with it, and not starting with a blank slate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree with what you've just said. And going back to the earlier conversation about talking to people as introverts sometimes, I'm finding it's so easy for me now to go to chat GPT and say, I've got this idea, what do you think? Um, and then, but then I build on that conversation. Uh, and I find that that's, it's not as good as talking to, another person or a group of people, but it's much easier for me to do because I don't even have to think about that where, and I, and there's no barrier to overcome. Um, but as you say, it's very much about. I haven't about, used it that way. I got to try it. I haven't yeah. used it that way. I'm it's, a little nervous about some of the information it's going to give me, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't ask for some factual information or if I do, I will figure out a way to check it actually. Or you would give that information. Yeah, yeah. Or I'll give that information to somebody else. Uh, But I might say something like, um, I have this this business idea and outline the business idea and here's what I'm thinking and what are some of the steps to implement this? And it actually comes back, it actually organizes stuff for you really well. So that, that I find that fascinating. Then I'll turn it around and I'll say, what's wrong with this idea? Be be super critical. Uh, and it's important that you get those prompts right. And I'm still playing with all the prompts that I use. But the more conversation you have with it, the better the outcomes are. And, and by asking it to actually then criticize the idea, it's kind of like I'm real. That's I'm really great. close to this idea, so I don't see what I don't see all the potential pitfalls. Uh, but of course, ChatGPT, there's no emotion involved at all. And if It'll I say you, be, yeah. <laughs> be super critical, it'll come back, and you know, often it's come back, and I've looked at it, and I, yeah, that's never going to happen. But then uh, um, I I will step back and I say, well, I should consider it because because yeah. clearly there's there's something in in the language model somewhere that um has had it reference and conclude that that is a possibility so yeah so that's what i've used it for in some ways and i'm still playing with it we could have a whole episode about chat (laughs) gpt yeah i think i think most people aren't like utilizing it fully but so yeah. So far, I think it's been amazing for me right now. Mm. Yeah, I think the the danger is that people will look at it superficially and say, "Oh, well, I can get it to write my essays for for an assignment, or I can get it to do my blog posts." And yeah, you can get it for some ideas for a blog but post, not but for that, the final yeah, output, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
All right. What's the best way to keep a client on track? I think I know the answer, but. (laughs) I am very, very numbers driven and uh, really thinking about accountability. So a lot of people, you know, it's a carrot or stick and everyone's like, oh no, I don't believe in the stick. Well, it's funny. There's actually science backed that people will rather do something like a loss. Like if you say, okay, I'll give you a hundred dollars or I'm going to take away $20. They'll do something because you're going to take away $20 than for earning a hundred dollars. Right. That was an exact study, but that was my fast kind of way of saying it, but that's crazy. So what we do is, and it's not, people aren't driven by like um, money as much as they're driven by uh, what's the word social kind of like um, belonging. Hmm. Right. So what I mean by that is like, well, we have in a group, it's kind of like that whole accountability and showing up. You don't want to fail somebody else. So you'll show up. And that's how humans, how we, the the evolution, that's how we survive. That's how we're different, right? Where we had to actually work in a community and everybody noticed in COVID, like how isolated and lonely it was when we were on our own. So in this sense, like when you have, like, if I say, okay, if you don't get this done, you're going to have to, I don't know, sing in front of the group. Guess what? <laughs> you don't want to sing. So when that inner critic's like, oh, I don't want to get this done, da, 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 in your head, you're like, but I don't want to sing. And especially not in front of my group. So you yeah. get it done. Then you realize a nice little momentum where you feel great that you achieved it. And then we can go into the positive reinforcement. Hmm. I love it. So yeah. that happens in, if you think about it in teams, like you don't want to be the last person, yeah. right? So you'll like show up or you always want to show. It's just so many things. You don't want to be the one that's like off season who didn't do their training. Hmm. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right. Um, what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Hmm. I think just be themselves. <laughs> Stop following others, right? Yeah. Just be themselves. And I think it's a really hard one because um, I've caught myself thinking like, oh, how can I stand out? Or like um, getting myself in comparison mode. So here's mm. a fun one. Compare, despair. Oh, it's right. just not <laughs> worth it. Everyone's so unique. And um, let's say, I don't know, you listen to Tony Robbins. Look at how many motivational speakers there are. Mm. It's your tone that's going to capture whoever it is. So you need to be you because it's too much energy to be something that you're not. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's often what I say in, in when people answer the questionnaire. I say, well, you can pretend to be somebody else, but the amount of energy that takes is extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Tanya. This has been fabulous. Um, I know there's lots of topics we've just scratched the surface on and we could probably go on talking for ages on those, but... Uh, um, I think it's getting time where we need to wrap up. Where can people find out more about the work you do about Owners Up and maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you've shared today? Absolutely. You can reach out, email me. I love hearing uh, some replies, some highs, any questions you have. Uh, it's at Tanya at Owners Up. And then I'll also supply you a link of a goal prioritization because one thing is prioritizing what to focus on. And that's an issue most entrepreneurs have. So definitely that's the how I've been able to defy the odds. And when I mean defy the odds, it's just all those small achievements I've had when like everything was stacked against me. And it was really the trick was prioritization. Mm. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll have a link to your website there where people can find that goal prioritization sheet. <clears throat> now, 
What action would you like our listener to take out of today's conversation, Tanya? It's a great one. Just go into action. Even a small action will start the momentum. And if you're having doubts, like everyone has an inner critic, anyone has that voice, just like find somebody. It's going to be your hype person, your accountability person, and move forward. But one little trick about accountability is you don't want somebody too close to you because you don't want them to be too harsh and you don't want them to be too easy on you. Yeah. It's kind of like what, the Goldilocks? Just yeah, right. Just right. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, yeah. And I like what you said there, sort of taking small steps because one of the things that occurred to me earlier when we were talking about the sporting thing and the barrier to overcome and thinking about, okay, I've got to go out for a 50K bike ride this morning because that's on my, pro, on my training program. And depending how I'm feeling, that might be, oh, gosh, that's such a big thing. That's, it'll probably take me an hour and three quarters or so. Um, so I've found that <clears throat> taking James Clear's approach from Atomic Habits is, okay, what's the first step? I'll put on my bike clothes. And I put on my bike clothes. Okay, what's the next step? Um, go downstairs, grab the bike from the garage, make sure the tires are pumped up and get the lights in working and and then go out the door. And I find by just focusing on what's the next step I have to take and then an hour and three quarters later I've done my ride, I feel great, and I, wow, that was fantastic and I'm so happy I did that. Whereas if I had have started with I've got to go on this long bike ride because it's on the program, um, it's it's a different feeling. I agree on that, but I have caught myself with like my like workout clothes and still feeling like, oh, made an excuse and got busy. My whole <laughs> thing is like with those long rides and those long runs, I'm always like I know where they are and then I find somebody to go with me on it. Yeah, yeah. Or I figure something that like, I need to think about or distract, right? So it's almost thinking ahead those obstacles. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I've been in those that attire. I'm like, man, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's uh, next step. But you're right. They're yeah. <laughs> clearly um, meeting the others at the meeting point at a certain time, knowing that they're going to leave at 6 a.m. in the morning. So I need to get there before that. Otherwise, I'm chasing and then it's harder. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, but I did tell one on myself that I there are some times where I was like, no matter how motivated and disciplined you are, you kind of know yourself and you can justify, oh, I'm just too busy in the weather. Or maybe I was hmm. dehydrated and I can't go on this ride, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. All right. Well, thanks, Tanya. This has been absolutely fabulous. I've really enjoyed the conversation and all the best for the future. And please stay in touch and maybe we'll connect on Strava and hold each other accountable to, to that uh, century ride. So you're talking miles, right? When you say century. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. That's a big one. So that'll be a challenge for me too. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to figure out the month. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that insightful and informative conversation with Tanya and took something away from her episode. So as you reflect on this episode, get into action. Pick a project or a specific task and then connect with someone who will be your cheerleader and accountability buddy 
for that project or task. I think you'll be amazed at how that will help propel you forward in achieving your goals. Tanya's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Tanya Alvarez. That is T-A-N-Y-A-A-L-V-A-R-E-Z. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Tanya Alvarez. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Tanya, as well as links to the Owners Up website, to Tanya's social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation. If you've enjoyed this conversation, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who would also appreciate it and derive value from it. And make sure you get the exclusive bookmark token from innovabiz.co forward slash bookmarks. For just the price of a cup of coffee, you can keep a permanent token a permanent record of this episode. Half of the revenue from the token goes straight to Tanya as our guest, with the remainder helping to sustain this show. It's an exceptional way to let Tanya know that her episode resonated with you and to support the show. Tanya suggested that we have a conversation with Juliana Marolanda of Scale Time, with Margaret Watts-Romney, author of Speakership is Leadership, and with Aram Zadikian of Else Run on future InnovaBuzz podcast episodes. So Juliana, Margaret and Aram, keep an eye on your inboxes for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast, courtesy of Tanya Alvarez. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode. It will help us to make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz and pick your preferred platform. Remember to visit innovabiz.co forward slash Flywheel and secure your membership to the exclusive Flywheel Nation community where you'll enjoy direct access to our incredible podcast guests, engage in meaningful conversations and participate in connection events designed to elevate your business journey. Don't miss out. Join Flywell Nation today. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.